Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the first team. Joe DeLeon here, joined by Irish Recruiting Breakdown analyst Ryan Roberts and former NFL and college QB, founder of the Sims Complete QB, Matt Sims. Today, we're going to do a fun exercise for the offseason. We're we're not that far from summer camps opening up and training camp opening up for these college programs. So we want to project who we think could be some of the biggest breakout players for the upcoming 2023 season maybe who's that next drake may who's the next caleb williams to burst onto the scene and then top all of the national awards who are those guys who's maybe the tcu this year that has a fantastic season and wins their conference makes it all the way to a national championship we're going to talk about all of that on today's show guys i want to start off with quarterback as a specific category because the quarterback position this year we've got so many talented players returning that didn't enter last draft class, and also a lot of guys that were really highly recruited that are stepping into spots where they could take that next step from the way that they played last season. Matt, I want to start things off with you being our resident quarterback expert, of course. (laughs) Who is your pick for this? I see that you have two guys that you went with. Who do you believe (laughs) could be uh, your breakout for this quarterback position? You know me. I just like to throw multiple names in there when we do these little draft picks like this. But uh, my first one is definitely going to be Michael Penix Jr. I feel like he's a guy that, for whatever reason, is a little bit slightly undervalued on the national scene right now just because he plays for Wisconsin. And, you know, those games, especially on the East Coast, happen late. And uh, we're not really actually tuned into just how good uh, this football player is. I really do think that he is the second-best quarterback in this uh, upcoming football season, right behind Caleb Williams. Dude is an absolute animal. He could throw it unbelievably well in the pocket, moves really well, tough, and really is just the life source of that Washington football team. So Michael Penix Jr., expect to see him kind of come onto the national scene this year and get a little bit more due for his ability and how great a football player he is. I feel as though what you just brought up there for the beginning half of the season, we didn't really get enough primetime games for – Michael Penix and I have the benefit of those games being primetime for me on the West Coast so I actually kind of got to inadvertently watch a decent amount of Michael Penix early on and the funny thing for him too is that he is a change of scenery type player where he was at Indiana and things were really up and down and I think that like the general thought on Michael Penix was like man he's got tools but things are just not working and for whatever reason that that Indiana offense didn't serve him well especially because he didn't have the talent around him and now He's on a team that's got good running backs, that has good receivers, and a really good offensive line. So I think that Michael Penix is a fantastic pick here because the arm's huge. Yeah. And it's also fun watching lefties throw. I don't I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but uh, that's always an added unique thing with his game. I, I think that he had such a great finish to the season and re- could really take that next step. But Ryan, who is your quarterback? This has sparked a little bit of pre-show debate. Uh, but who is your quarterback you think could have a breakout year? I think it's Quinn Ewers from Texas, man. I think we were just a year too early on the Quinn Ewers breakout because I really think, and I know this is, you know, this isn't his, uh, this was his decision, right? To be able to reclassify mm. and go to Ohio State for a year. But last year, 
Quinn Ewers should have been a true freshman as far as his his age and his experience level. Didn't play at all at Ohio State, barely. I think he played like a couple of garbage snaps. So he missed a year of development. Then he comes to Texas, and it's very up and down, Joe. We talked about that, right? He looks great against Alabama, gets injured, looks rough a couple of games. But then I thought he ended the season off the last couple of games. I thought he looked pretty good. So I am very – I think that Quinn Ewers has gone from way overrated – to way underrated in one in one season. I really think that's where we are with this because th- when I look at him and I say that kid has all the tools. Now he's going to be in year two under Steve Sarkeesian. Now he has Xavier Worthy coming back, Jatavion Sanders coming back, Isaiah Nayer, who was supposed to be a great player for them last year, transferred from Wyoming, is also back. So they're going to open up this passing game. I think a lot in year two with Quinn Ewers. I think he's going to take a massive jump, and the fact that he this spring after the up and down season he had. He was able to firmly outplay guys like Arch Manning and Malik Murphy and beat hands down the best quarterback in that room. I think that shows a lot of growth and resolve. And I know it's really silly, but like even something as simple as him cutting the cutting the the hair a little bit, right? To get rid of the mullets. I was like, all right, man, I think the kid, I think the kid needs business a little bit. So give me Quinn Ewers to show a little bit of that upside that made him so highly coveted coming out of Lake Carroll in Texas. I think that he has a chance to have a big bounce back year, and I think that we're going to see a big jump in production just for the simple fact of he's mm-hmm. going to be, now should have been a sophomore in college, but he's going to be a junior, second year under Sarkeesian. I think Quinn's going to start to put it together a little bit this year. You've got so many tools to work with, and like the arm talent, the reason why he was so highly recruited. I, I just also want to throw out there, we forget that he was banged up for part of the yep. year and the injury that he suffered, like a shoulder injury, no matter what shoulder, like that, any position on the field, like that's, that's hard to recover from yep. that. That is going to be something that is going to be in your head for a lot of games. So I, I think that if he's fully healthy, things could really take off for him. My pick, and this one's kind of a cliche pick, but I, I have to bring it up. Cade Klubnik from Clemson played in a couple games last year. And when he stepped in for DJU, who was really struggling, Cade Klubnik looked really freaking good as a true freshman. He's got everything that you're looking Except for against for Notre a young Dame. quarterback. Except against Notre Dame. Go ahead. <laughs> so, thanks for, of course, of course, the resident Notre Dame fan. I know I'm also well, one. One, had one to pass, bring that up. one interception. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Just messing around. My <laughs> biggest reason why I think he really ascends this upcoming year is that he is playing under Garrett Riley, who took Max Duggan, who was a fine quarterback, but Kate Klubnick, to me, is more talented than Max Duggan, turned Duggan into a Heisman finalist. So I think with all the, the physical tools that Klubnick has, with some of those offensive weapons, he could really, really take that next step. Matt, I want to know, though, you had that second guy who I, I think isn't talked about enough because for a bit we were wondering if he was going to win the starting job or not, but you can always safely bet on an Ohio State guy. So why why do you want to bring up Kyle McCord as your your 1B here? Uh, I think Kyle is just one of those players that uh, just integrated into that Ohio State offense is going to go in there and he's going to put out, he's going to show out fantastic numbers. And it doesn't hurt either when you have two of the best receivers in the nation uh, and, and not – only that, but a pretty damn good running back, too. So I think he's got a, a plethora of athletes around him. I think that offense is primed for it to continue to stay on the pace that it had last season. I think, you know, of course, with a young quarterback and getting his first starts, he's going to have a few, you know, hiccups here and there. 
But overall, the dude is talented. The dude is an NFL caliber type of football player. I expect big things from him, and I expect Ohio State to stay on track with Kyle McCord at the helm. You forgot the most important part too, Matt. He's a New Jersey guy, which is the most important part of this conversation. <laughs> well, the most Damn important right. part is is that he's a Sims complete QB guy. You know, there you so go. that's really the other aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> Two intangibles that That's are right. giving him a, a, a massive leg up and we'll be rooting for Kyle McCord. Again, I like this pick. I feel like nobody talks about him enough. I feel like everyone for a bit of over the spring was like, who's going to be the starting guy? But if, if McCord is the guy, it is always easy, it feels like, to really flourish in that offense, especially when you have you know the right traits to work with in that offense. Now talking about skill players. So specifically mm. – Running back, receiver, or tight end, if we were able to pinpoint somebody to have an explosive year. Ryan, I want to send it over to you first on this one. We all ended up picking, I believe we all ended up picking running backs, but who's your who's your pick here, Ryan? A very interesting player. I, I ended up picking Jaquindon Jackson, who is a running back out of Utah, a kid that is already on a little bit of my draft radar to a degree, Joe. A, a young man that is, I want to talk about an interesting background, guys. This was a four-star quarterback. Went to the University of Texas, eventually transfers to Utah. They transitioned him from quarterback to running back, and now he's a six foot two, two hundred twenty one pound running back. He ended the season, and it was not a great running team last year for Utah. They really uh, tra- tra- uh, Tavion Thomas just wasn't incredibly productive mm. last year. But down the stretch, Jaquindon Jackson became the guy for the University of Utah. Last three games, Colorado. 10 carries, 117 yards, 11.7 yards to carry, three touchdowns. USC the next week in a upset victory at the time over, over USC in the, in, the, uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. 13 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns, 8.1 yards to carry. Although losing the Penn State in which a game that they fell behind, so they had to throw the ball a lot at the end of the game, he still had 13 carries for 81 yards, and a touchdown average, 6.2 yards per carry against what is always a very good defensive unit for Penn State. So we're talking about, including the previous two games before that three-game stretch, he averaged 7.5, 7.7, 11.7, 8.1, and 6.2 yards per carry. Led the team with nine rushing touchdowns, over 500 yards, and 6.8 yards per carry. I believe going into this year, Woo-hoo! we are seeing Cam Rising is banged up going into this next season. I think that they are going to really rely heavily on mm. Quinton Jackson in the running game. I think he's going to run for well over a thousand yards. I think he could be a first team all pack 12 selection at running back. I think he's going to have a dynamic junior season. Mm. And, and that was our awesome. offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig almost left for Notre Dame. Shut and up. he comes back. No, 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 wait, that's, no, wait, that's not a knock. I'm just saying, would you calm, calm, calm down, calm down. You calm down. You calm down. All I was saying is that Andy Ludwig comes back, so I don't think that they're going to miss a step offensively. Like that's that's really huge that they didn't they didn't lose Ludwig in the situation. <laughs> Very huge. Matt, Very huge. you went with a guy that has one of the best nicknames in college football. Who is your pick for uh, being that breakout running back? Yeah, I went with Raheem Sanders. I love that fact that we went with running backs too. But yeah, Raheem Sanders. I think he's one of these guys that just. You know, he plays for Arkansas and unfortunately just gets overshadowed by the rest of the SEC and just how deep that conference is at just multiple positions. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy just like what Ryan said, huge running back as well. I mean, this is a guy that measures at 6'2", 6'3", 230 pounds and can run a 4'5", 40. And the exciting part about it is, too, even in the SEC – 
He's had over 200 uh, plus carries. He rushed for 1,400 yards, averaged about six yards a carry this uh, the past season. And we're talking about a guy that really isn't even trying to be creative and like dodge and weave too much. He's trying to run you over and he's trying to play physical brand of football. Mm. And I like that aspect of it. I think this is a guy that is, uh, you know, one of those sleepers. And, uh, you know, fortunately, he uh, plays in a great conference where he can get to show his ability. He gets a lot of phenomenal football players. But Raheem Sanders, Arkansas, you know, keep an eye on him, man. This dude is an absolute baller, and he's a physical presence on the football field. Rocket, baby. Raheem Rocket Sanders. I love that pick, Matt. He's one of my favorite running backs in college football, man. Love that pick. Yeah, I'm not going to push back on on that one at all. <laughs> uh, I actually just did an Arkansas preview on, a, on another show, and I was really riding talking about Raheem Sanders because, again, you just talked about that. The power. And then on top of that, he plays for the perfect head coach to be a big bruising running back. Yes, totally. uh, like that to me is is just it's it's amazing that he's he's playing in for uh, for Sam Pittman because he really um really encompasses that mentality. My pick though, uh Trey Benson, Florida State running back. I, I think that Florida State has been brought up as a rising team that's gonna be really good this upcoming season. Last year he was under a thousand yards, but I think every trait that he brings to the position, the position, the vision that he has, he is also playing behind an offensive line that's coming back that has good talent on it. And I think that as that offense continues to gel, they're going to rely on Benson to pick up, you know, a lot of important yards on a lot of important downs. The guy can take that next step and be one of the top running backs in college football for one of the best teams in the ACC, if not the best team in the ACC this upcoming year. Ryan, I do know that you're a big fan. Oh, no, I love Trey Benson. And another big thing, too, is their backup, who I think the name was Treshawn Ward. He also transferred this offseason. He ran for over 800 yards as well. He's going to be at Kansas State this year. So Trey Benson, you're expecting him to be the guy without any question. 6'1", 215 pounds. I already did a little bit of a breakdown on him. I put a couple clips on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I mean, this kid reminds me a lot, running style-wise, of Leonard Fournette. He looks a lot like Lenny when mm. he was playing for LSU. He's got kind of that He's got kind of that short stride look to him, but then like you're just like, wow, he's eating up a lot more grass than, than you would anticipate. And he broke Matt, craziest stat. He led the league. In, I mean, he led all of college football last year in missed tackle rate. He broke 51% of the guy's tackles that tried to tackle him last year, which is just That's absolutely crazy. bonkers, man. He's a really talented back without question. All right, moving our way to the defensive side of the football. A lot of really explosive players last year. Guys like Tyree Wilson were big risers. Devin Witherspoon was another big riser. But Matt, for you, if you had to pick a defensive player that you think is going to have a fantastic season, who do you think it's going to be? Yeah, it's funny. I feel like we just keep circling around these few teams, right? Like the Washingtons, the Texas Longhorns, and then even Florida State just as teams that are kind of like on that edge of getting into that top four uh, in the country. And I go with Jared Verse, the defensive end from Florida State. I mean, this is a guy that uh, entering into his sophomore season is coming off a season where he's got nine sacks on the year. He's got over 30 uh, quarterback pressures. And, you know, I expect him to be kind of the big force for them, especially late in football games and passing situations for him to be the guy that closes it out for this Florida State football team. And he'll be the reason. Um, you know, just like with Benson, as far as them just taking that next step forward. I mean, I think that Florida State, everyone kind of sees that they have the ability. They've shown the ability to do that late in games last year. And I think that's why we have such an optimistic view of them because of players like like Jared. 
And Jared, I think Jared's going to parlay that momentum to your point, Matt, as far as producing for a second straight season and to be in a top 10 draft pick next April. Like he has that type of upside. Yeah. We just talked, Joe, we just talked about him on the show on, on the, uh, on the first team podcast when we're breaking down running backs and, I, I mean, breaking down defensive ends, right, excuse right, me. Right. What am I, we just did running backs. I'm sorry. But defensive ends. You're dead, you're and dead. I mean, Jared Verse <laughs> is one of those dudes where 6'4", 248 pounds. If you told me he was 270 pounds with his ability to create speed to power, I'd be like, yep, makes sense, man. That kid is just incredibly yeah, explosive. Big fan of Jared Verse without question. Now, my pick before we get to yours, Ryan, uh, I wanted to go with Michael Williams from Georgia. It feels like every single year we've got a new defensive player on that Georgia front that just steps up and, and really becomes a, a physically dominant and imposing guy. Michael Williams at the end of last season, I think, was starting to get more and more reps uh, in, the, in that defensive line rotation as a young player and was making impactful plays during that national championship run. And as, as we now transition away from the Nolan Smiths and, and everybody that was amongst that group, uh, he really should be the next to step up and take over. I, I Being a really highly recru- recruited kid, he has what you need to be a dominant player in the SEC. And I, I really do believe that that Williams is going to explode uh, in 2023. Kid's a freak show, man. I mean, he's like 6'5 plus, 260-plus mm-hmm. pounds as a true freshman last year. I mean, there's a reason that he was a former five-star, at least high four-star by every publication, every recruiting platform out there, man. He... Just such an embarrassment of riches, man. Because I feel like if Bear Alexander didn't transfer, Joe, you probably could do Bear Alexander. You probably could do, still do Warren Brinson, yeah. like Nazir Stackhouse. Like George just has so many of these dudes, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. My guy, are you ready for this? Had to include, of course, the Notre Dame guy. One Notre Dame guy <laughs> on one of these lists. I had to. Let's go but for good reason, Get Joe. Him. For good reason, guys. So Jordan Patelho who is going to be the starting Viper for Notre Dame this year, which was which is their boundary end, their weak side defensive end. Going to be a redshirt junior this year, 6'2", 255 pounds, was quietly second on the team in sacks last year behind Isaiah Foskey, who ended his career as the all-time leading sacker in Notre Dame history. Jordan Mattello was going to slide into that role. Some crazy stats about this player. Only played about 100-something snaps this past year of defense. Barely played. Despite that, had six and a half tackles for loss and four and a half sacks. Oh, which means in 13 games, he had 11 total tackles and over half of them were tackle for loss. He had some insane backfield production. You talk about the ability to take the bowl game and then propel your momentum moving forward. Isaiah Foskey didn't play in the bowl game against South Carolina. What did he do in that game, Joe? Two sacks. And 10 quarterback hurries in one football game. Wow. His win rate last year, for some comparison, when, when, remember when Will Anderson had that crazy pass rushing uh, year a couple years ago? His win, pass rush win rate, according to PFF, was like around 19%. Jordan Patelho's last year was 30%. Again, only on 100 something snaps. So, how does it translate into a higher volume of snaps? That's the question. But in what this kid did and how productive he was in the snaps that he got last year, now moving into the starting lineup, I would be very surprised if we're not talking about Jordan Patello at the end of the season being an 8-10-plus to 10 plus sacks player in 2023. I think he has that type of upside, former high four-star recruits. And if he parlays that two-sack, 10-hurry 10, 10 game that he had against South Carolina into more consistent success in 2023, I think he's going to have a breakout season for Notre Dame. That's ridiculous. 
ridiculous production. <laughs> Wrapping us up, final thoughts here. Team that we have that we think is going to be a breakout team. And as you said a second ago, Matt, we kind of have a lot of similar trends here for some of these picks. I want to head to you first. You ended up selecting the school that your brother played quarterback at. Mm, Why I do you did. think that the Texas Longhorns are going to be a, a big team this upcoming season? I think they did a great job in the recruiting this past season. I think they really added a lot of depth too. So they're just their size and physicality that they need, especially when they start to compete against, you know, the Alabamas of the world and the SEC a little bit more uh, on a consistent basis when they jump over in conference. But I think that Steve Gar Sarkeesian really understands just what he needs as far as a football team, trying to get size, trying to get speed. You know, he has the quarterback now, second year in his system, really understanding exactly what he needs to get out of him the most. And I just believe that he really just has a great pulse of the program right now. And there's like a really good energy about the Texas Longhorns that I think that they really are just one or two games away from really kind of getting over that hump. I really do expect them to, to beat Alabama this year. And honestly, wouldn't be surprised if they beat him kind of handedly, honestly, because I think that last year they let it slip away just because of Bryce Young being as a dynamic a player as he is and really making two plays that changed the outcome of that game. I see the Texas Longhorns being a little bit more of a bully type of football team this season and, and being on a more aggressive side, both on offense and defense. And Ryan said it earlier, Quinn Ewers. I really do believe that Quinn's going to have a breakout season this year with Sarkeesian's offense. And I really think that they're going to be one of those teams that's going to be very tough to stop throughout the season, especially in their conference. Texas is back, Joe. Yeah, that's going to be scary. back, baby. They're back. <laughs> Hopefully Quinn can get him there, though, as, as we talked about on the show. Ryan, your pick. What do you got? I have a little bit of a, a, a extreme wild card, in my opinion. I went with Washington State, like who it. was a team that went 7-6 and six last year. And I know on the, on the surface, you say 7-6, and six, right? That's not a great football team. They made a play. They made a bowl game. But I think of what if you really dissect the schedule from last year and then you project it moving forward with a lot of returning players from this last year's team, I look at a team that's seven and six with a first year head coach lost to Oregon by only three points, beat Wisconsin. They gave USC a game. If you watch that game, Washington State was in that football game the entire game. Then it kind of got away with them late. They lost only by four points to Utah, three points to Oregon, and then they lost a, a, another close game later on in the season, another only four-point loss. So it, it, there is when you look at just the schedule and how it looks here, I think that this was a much better football team than seven and six. I mean, they're literally – a couple plays here and there from being a 10-win team going into bowl season. So I think a year older, this team is really going to take the next step forward because of I think the changing of identity is the biggest thing with Washington State. What do you think of when you think of Washington State? You think of Mike Leach. You think of Gardner Minshew. You think of the crazy numbers that they've been able to put up offensively over the last few years. I think of this team as a defensive team, which is a completely change of, char of character. They had seven games last year, guys where they let up 20 or less points. When's the last time Washington State did that? I mean, that's crazy. They're taking a <laughs> massive step forward, returning a lot of production, including Brennan, Brennan Jackson, excuse me, who I think is one of the better defensive ends in all of college football. I think he's going to be a guy that we're going to talk about a lot more. And then, Joe, a guy that you know very well, second year now on the FBS level, Cameron Ward at quarterback, I think is going to take a massive step forward. He showed a lot of promise in year mm -hmm. one. But obviously, there's a level that yeah. he can still get to. If he does, I think this could be a 10-plus win team, and I think that this team could be a sneaky competitor 
to win the Pac-12. Very sneaky team, Washington State, with their new changing identity. I like it. My pick to wrap us up here, to wrap us up here, Florida State's my pick. I I think that with the ACC, I feel thinning out in a lot of top teams. Their roster is the closest to an SEC roster in another conference. The talent they pulled in in the transfer portal, bringing back Jared Verse, bringing back Jordan Travis, bringing back Trey Benson, adding Keon Coleman, they are going to be a really freaking hard team to stop. Folks, thanks for tuning in at Joe DeLeon, at Sims Complete QB, at Rise and Draft. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the, your weekend, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.